0: Welcome to Run Twelve One Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Goins. Well, good morning. This is Pastor Justin Goins with Run Twelve One Podcast. Um, and this episode, we're actually going to take a quick break from knowing our enemy. We've had what two episodes, or rather, two. Um, Yeah, two episodes in that series, and we will return and kind of look at the different areas of our mind, our will, and our emotions, or our body, rather, into which Satan tempts us. But this week, um, I've been my own personal devotion time. I get up every morning before my family, and I read the Bible, I journal, and um, I've been walking through the book of Joshua. And a little bit just leading me back into that section of the Bible, going over leadership skills, going over, you know, taking on a new people, taking on a new area and entering them in after a new leader. Uh, Well, basically as the new leader. So the stage opens up or Joshua opens up with Moses dying and Joshua picking up basically the leadership uh, divinely by God, God directing him to. And then entering into the promised land with the nation of Israel. And for any leaders out there, men or women, um, Joshua chapter 1, I would encourage you to make at least a monthly reading, um, what? Is, what uh, knowing from a personal standpoint of leadership, no matter how great you are, or how not so great you are, regardless of where you fall in between, we all have down days. We all have struggles. We all have we all have instances or sometimes people. I mean, if you're leading, you're leading people that sometimes irritation may sit in, sometimes maybe even getting upset, uh frustrated, stressed. I mean, all I mean, if we are honest, nobody is above those things. Even the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all ways, like we are, yet without sin, though. So I mean, ministry was tough. It wasn't easy for Jesus leading. I mean, think about it. put your feet in Jesus's shoes. Not that we ever could, but just semi and lead the disciples, the twelve disciples. I mean, you can't even get through a quarter of of after they are called by Jesus to see. Being, I mean, Imagine being their leader and the frustrations and having a Peter tell you no and just all these different things. Um, and so leadership is not without heartaches or trouble or instances. And on the first pages of Joshua chapter number one, we see this phrase, be strong and of a good courage, quite often, multiple times. It says it in verse five, verse five. I mean, listen to verse five. It says, then there shall no man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And that is the, that is the number one thing, not just for leaders, but for any Christian on the face of the planet, to be able to have God with you. And you're like, well, well Pastor Justin, don't I, in the form of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Absolutely. We know according to the book of Acts and different New Testament, um, writers, Paul mainly, about how the Holy Spirit of God, we also know it in Hebrews, how the Holy Spirit of God takes abode within each one of us, the moment we are saved. And so the presence of the Holy Spirit, the the third person of the Trinity, absolutely is with you always. But then there is this kind of other anointing, or this other presence of God that we see on individual's life in the Old Testament, but then also through the New Testament, and Arguably, we can look at people. I mean, I did did, what is this two days after um, Pastor Stanley passed away? um, What what a man of God! I mean, we just had um, Billy Graham not too long ago, a couple years ago, pass away. And you just look at all these men and say, Man, surely these God was God, God had favor on these men, God, God anointed these men. And so we can see that. And so being able to, to yes, have the Holy Spirit of God with us, but also living in such a way that, um, as the title of this podcast is, exciting experiences of God or with God. And then he goes on to say in verse six, be strong and have a good courage. And then over again in verse seven, only be thou strong and have a good courage. Verse nine, have I not commanded thee, be strong and have a good courage. This over and over and go over. And at the end of verse 18, he shall he shall be put to death. Only be strong and have a good courage. And then we see J- Joshua getting two spies that go into the prom uh, go into the promised land over the Jordan into into Jericho. I'm uh, not. I mean, not not quite yet. Uh, but sends two spies in. They go in. And they meet with Rahab in chapter two. That whole thing comes down, and everybody's like, "Well, is it okay to lie?" And I don't have time to go over it. those type of things. Uh, when we are when we are protecting innocent lives, there are certain things strategies that go on. But then we get to see chapter three, how Israel crosses Jordan, and really, this is just an oversight of chapters one through six. I finished chapter six this morning, but I just wanted to really just focus on experiencing our exciting experiences of God imagine putting yourself into this generation that we read about in the first couple pages first six chapters of Joshua the, the generation that did not that that ended up dying in the wanderings of the wilderness for 40 years because of their unbelief we hear they did not believe God. The spies were 12 spies by Moses sent into the promised land to Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report Well, not necessarily a good report, but saying, yes, there's all this stuff. Yes, there's giants. But God said, he's with us. Let's go. The other 10 said, no, the majority won over the minority in this case. And God, the consequences of that, of their disobedience or lack of faith was that that generation, the people, the warriors of that generation would die. And never get to see the promised land. Now we get to see Joshua taking the children of Israel into promised land. and We we see something interesting as well in chapter number four, chapter number five, chapter number three, four as well. That we see something that I think, so the Jordan is always a picture in scripture as a crossing over, a new beginning or entering into death. In this case, obviously, a new beginning. They're entering over into the promised land. And it's interesting how Moses wasn't able to go in. If you kind of sum Moses' life, you would say leader or a, a law. Moses represents the law in the Bible. And so the law can't take you into the promised land. But then something interesting as well, the Israelites were commanded, or Joshua was commanded after they entered into the promised land to then circumcise the ones that had not been circumcised during the 40-year wandering, which also tells us that the circumcision or works is not a part of salvation. Works cannot take you to the promised land. You read about it in chapter 3, chapter 4 of Joshua. It is so interesting to look at the Old Testament and see the pictures, uh, hidden truths basically, of what salvation is that we experience and that the law, you can't live perfect enough and no works are able to get you to heaven. Only the work of Jesus Christ, only the work of Yeshua, of Joshua. Jesus, rather, and Yeshua, Joshua—that's the name in the Old Testament—and so, moving forward into this, there's—and what a what a gem this is! But then you just think of yourselves as people. It's our time to cross over the Jordan, and how it happened—the experience of of walking in the ark going before them. The Jordan damming up like Moses had with the Red Sea. I mean, just think about like, oh my goodness, look at what's happening. And then they they walk through. They're commanded to take 12 stones, build a pillar for a memorial, not of what they did, but a memorial of of remembering for generations to come of what God had done. And then it closes and then they go over. And then they are told by God after that to say, hey, um, you know, um, they find out from the spies that they're the land to which they're going to take, the first city, Jericho. And Jericho's scared of them. They've heard about what's happened, about what their God had done. And Jericho's scared. I mean, think about that, because I'm like, man, these people still know who we are, or basically who our God is, and they're scared of us, experiencing God. And then they go up, and the God tells Joshua, here's the plan, Joshua. I want you to take your team and the priests and the people, the warriors out there, the trumpets, the ark goes first priest with the ark and the trumpets, they can sound and blow, but nobody else. You stay silent six days. Each day you walk around for six days, one time. On the seventh day, you walk around seven times. And on the seventh time that you finish, you shout, you blow the trumpets and you shout, and I will cause the walls to fall down. Like any battle of a man's mind, if that was the case, that person would be, if our Lieutenant General, of the army told the next war or the next thing. Hey, we're just going to no guns or anything. We're just going to go into the town and just circle the town and walk around it. And then it's going to fall down. mean like, uh, yeah, next person, please. Next idea that let's table that idea. Actually, that's not even tabled idea. Let's just get rid of it altogether. Nope, not God. God said, this is what's going to happen. And then think about it, day one, day two, you're walking, day three, day four, day five, and finally, I mean, you may be weary, some you may be like, I don't know, but then day seven comes. And even if you had one or two days in that time where you're doubting and thinking, man, this is kind of awkward, kind of weird. Day seven comes and you're like, one lap, hearts, do, 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 do two lap, three lap, four lap, five lap, six lap. I mean, your heart's pounding. Seventh lap comes around. I mean, your heart's about to jump out of your throat. I mean, it is going crazy. You finish that, then every man shouts, every trumpet blowing the sound. And all of a sudden, you hear and start to feel the ground quake and shake. And all the walls fall down except the portion to where Rahab, who hid the spies, that part of the wall stood standing. I mean, a phenomenal Non, a phenomenal experience of all this stuff going down, and then you go into the city, you overtake the city, and it is done. My, my, my! What an experience! What an exciting experience! What an exciting experience! You think about that also, then, from Rahab's perspective, a harlot living in the city walls, and she's experiencing all of this. She's probably looking out her window and seeing. Seeing this go down the first day, second day, third day, not knowing. She isn't told God's plan, by the way. We're not told that unless God sends an angel to her to tell her. She doesn't know the plan. So she's seeing the Israelites thinking, here it comes. Day one, nothing. Just walking. Day two, day three, day six, nothing. Day seven, okay, here's the same thing. One lap. Wait, they're doing two laps. Wait, they're doing three, four. What? Day five. I mean, lap six, lap seven. And all of a sudden, everything starts quaking. She has her family. When you read chapter six and the wall's falling down, it talks about everything that she has in verse 23. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brother and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and, uh, and left them with, uh, without the camp of Israel. Meaning, she believed, she had faith in God, and so she experienced this. So not only was Israel experienced this, you, you had a harlot lady living in the walls, known as a harlot. And she is experiencing God in this moment, and her family. She had faith in God and brought them in as well. Man, how exciting! I just want to pause and stop. There's all type of talk like experiential uh, things with God and experience with God. Well, I, I'm telling you, they're biblically of the authority word of God. We can experience God. This is an experience of God. They experience God. Damn up the Jordan. They experienced God-give manna. They experienced God-give quail. They experienced, obviously, prior to these events. With Moses, they experienced the Red Sea. With Moses, they experienced the Pharaohs defeated. With Moses, they experienced the 40 years wandering. They experienced God's consequences for their disobedience. Now they're experiencing God's blessing. And God's, God's working and moving, and they're experiencing the Jordan. They're experiencing the, the still-felt rhythm or the still-felt kind of rumble of uh, the fear of God and Jericho. They also now experience Jericho's walls falling down. All these things are experiences. And with experiences come emotions. Now, we're not led by emotions. We are led by believing in the Word of God, which they did in all these instances here. But with it becomes experiences. And I think a key part plays with when we go back to Joshua chapter number one of how God was with Joshua and being strong and of a good courage and believing and trusting that the people of the generation with Moses did not experience these things because of their unbelief, faith. They're not believing in God. So I believe the way into which we experience God plays into our faith, not saving faith, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your day-to-day faith and trust in who God is, God's capabilities, making yourself available. Romans chapter 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove as a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I've memorized that. It's a vital part of my life. But every day, making yourself a living sacrifice, saying, God, here is your day, not mine. I'm, and You don't give the day back to God. It's God's day regardless if you give it to him or not. It's his. He created it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You don't pray and say, hey, God, here you go. I'm going to give you my day. It's not your day. It's God's. And then through that time, we live in faith in God. God, what, what, what do you mean to do? And you look and you live out the truths of God's word, not just some whimsical. Um, so I like what Adrian Rogers said. It's not speak it into existence. It's read it and obey it and watch God move. Most people will say, yeah, just experience God with this kind of ebb and flow and whim and, and emotions and and speak it into existence. That, that's not Bible. That is not Bible. That is not, from the, that is not at all from the inspired Word of God, speaking things into existence, breathing it into existence. What we are to, supposed to do is read it in God's Word, His revealed truth, and then obey it. And then watch God live, watch God move, watch God act and experience an exciting experience. So I just wanted to use this as an example, just really to encourage you. How are you experiencing God? How are you excited? What are you excited for right now? What are you praying for? What are you praying for? Stop and pause and say, what are you praying for? What What, what am I praying for? Am I praying to, to experience God? How am I faithing in God? What am I trusting? In what am I praying for? Should I even, am I even, where's my Jericho out in the moment? Where's, Where's my Jordan at right now? What am I praying for that I'm excited about? I hope you do. If not, get on your knees, repent, and, and start start living in, in the mindset of that and praying, God, what is what is next? What experience can I have? When you look back in your life, I hope you have exciting experiences of God. Not for your glory, but for the glory of God. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To God be the glory, amen. Written by Paul. But we can experience our king in this lifetime. I hope you don't get to heaven. And that's the first time you experience your God. I hope we are able to experience, I hope you experience him in the here and the now. So from Joshua chapter one through Joshua chapter six, this is kind of an overview, but I hope, I hope this is kind of an encouragement to you to get in, to live out what God has for you. This is Pastor Justin Goins with Run 12 One Podcast. God bless. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Run Twelve One podcast. Run your marathon race that God has placed you in. God bless.